more uh, this morning. In your name I pray. Amen. Thank you, Christian. Good morning. I missed you guys. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. It's good to good to be back. Um, I think, right? Yeah, I think so. Uh, we've been gone for almost, we, we took almost a 10-day vacation. It was a fantastic time with our family and um, got out on the beach and we caught some fish and we went to a graduation. We just did all kinds of fun things. It was good to get away and get refreshed and, and get some sun. But I am excited to be back. Whether or not you are excited to have me, I am excited to be here. If you guys want to open up your Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 6, we are going to, um, actually today we're going to start a new series that we're going to run through from um, now until just about the end of the summer. Uh, we are going to dive in deep into the Ten Commandments. We are going to begin to explore what these mean, what they mean for our life, what God intended them for. So um, if you've been to confirmation recently, you don't have to come for the next couple of weeks, that's fine. You know, you two Miller boys, I think it would be okay with your dad. Uh, we just dove into this with them. No? Okay. I think that the Ten Commandments might be one of the most powerful things that God has given us. I think it might be one of the most important things that he's given us, but often one of the most misunderstood things that God has given us. Um, and, and maybe not in the way you think, but it is definitely has to be one of the most important, one of the most powerful tools that God has given us for living this world, in this world. It teaches us how we become kingdom people and how we live kingdom lives here in this world. If you look at it, I know we're in Deuteronomy, but if, if you take a quick peek in, in Exodus 19, if you want to flip there, you can. In Exodus 19, God calls Moses and he tells Moses to get the people ready, to consecrate the people and to bring the people to Mount Sinai, to bring them to the holy mountain. And he says, bring them, consecrate them. I am going to come in a cloud, in a dense cloud, and I am going to speak to them. And he tells them, get ready. We were just talking about, get, this is this holy time. This is a powerful time. And then in Exodus 19, verse 16, it says this. It says, on the morning of the third day, there was thunder and lightning with a thick cloud over the mountain and a very loud trumpet blast. Everyone in the camp trembled. On 17, then Moses led the people out of the camp to meet with God, and they stood at the foot of the mountain. Mount Sinai was covered with smoke because the Lord had ascended on it in fire. The smoke billowed up from, from it like a smoke from a furnace. The whole mountain trembled violently, and the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder. And then Moses spoke, and the voice of God answered him. And what came next is the Ten Commandments. Can you imagine being, these people being, the Israelites that are called to the mountain and it begins to tremble and the mountains begin to blast and, and God begins to speak. I assume what comes next is pretty doggone important and pretty doggone powerful. And what came next was the Ten Commandments. But like I said, I also think the Ten Commandments might be the most misunderstood thing in the Bible. And what I mean is this, I, I don't mean that you might not understand what murder is. Maybe you don't. 
Maybe, uh, and I'm not talking about you don't fully understand what stealing is or, or you don't fully understand what it means to honor your father and mother. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about we sometimes, very often, don't fully understand the purpose of the Ten Commandments and why God gave them to us. I think a lot of us can wrap our heads around most of the Ten Commandments. And, and you might not, when we start digging in, I, I, I think God is going to reveal some new and some fresh things to us in it. But often we forget the true purpose and we miss the true purpose of the Ten Commandments. Often we regulate them just to rules and laws and decrees and stipulations. And the fact is they are rules and laws and decrees and stipulations. But in our world, we don't like those words like rules and laws. We don't like people telling us what to do and what not to do. And so when we begin to look at the Ten Commandments and we begin to frame them in that in, in those in those words and just in those words alone, they lose all the power because then they become just check marks for us. That yes, I, I'm not going to steal today. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to murder anybody today. You know, I am not going to covet anything today. I'm going to take my rest day. I'm going to mark off all of our things on the list. And so one way we begin to categorize them is rules and regulations, and then they begin to come very mundane, and, and we begin to lose the importance of it. Sometimes we classify them as safeties, that God gave us these rules and these regulations and these creeds to keep us safe. And he did. He definitely kept us safe. There's a lot of safety in thou shall not murder. There's a lot of safety in thou shall not steal. Young children, there is a lot of safety in honor your father and mother. A lot of safety in that. But if, if we limit it just to rules and regulations and just to safeties, we quickly lose the purpose of what God is doing here in these Ten Commandments. Read with me in chapter 6 of Deuteronomy, or read along with me. We're not going to read it out loud. Chapter 6, verses 1 through 3. We're going to read a number of these verses as we kind of walk through chapter 6. And we begin to see what these Ten Commandments are for, what the purpose is that God has for them. It says, these are the commands, decrees, and laws that the Lord your God directed me to teach you, to observe in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess, so that your children and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as they live by keeping all of his decrees and his commands that I give you. And so that you may enjoy long life. Hear, O Israel, and be careful to obey, so that it may go well with you, and that you may increase greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your fathers, promised you. Right there, you begin to see that the purpose of these commandments is not rules and regulations and and not safeties. The purpose of these commandments is so that we can have lives that are full. God gave us these commandments. He gave us these ten decrees, these ten laws, these ten stipulations so that we can understand what it means to live full, godly lives. What it means to be in a loving relationship with God and a loving relationship with people. One of the first things we talk about in confirmation is that these are separated into two sections uh, of the commandments. The first four are all about our relationship with the Lord. He is giving us rules and regulations and, and decrees, but they're meant to give us life and to fully understand what it means to trust God. The first one says, thou shalt have no other gods before me. What is God saying in that is that I want you to put me above everything else. I want you to trust me so much that, that you were willing to lay down everything else 
for me. And that if we begin to do that, God begins to move in our life. This is how we have life to the fullest. It says, so that you may enjoy long life. It says, so that you may increase in the land that God has given you. See, they are not just rules and regulations that God is trying to randomly put out there so that, that you stay safe, that, so that you can just mark it all off. He is trying to show you how you can have life and life to the fullest. He's giving you the keys to the kingdom and saying, this is how you have a relationship with me, and this is how you have a relationship with others. It doesn't mean that we're not going to have trials and tribulations, but in my opinion, if we were to hold fast to the commands that God has given us, if we were to hold tight to them and walk in them, I'd be willing to bet you'd have less. I think often we put ourselves in situations because we don't fully understand what is expected of us. And not just what is expected of us, but what God really wants to do in our life. See, these commandments are about life. They're about my life with God. They're about your life with God. And they're about our life together. This morning, there are two major keys that I want to talk about in regards to understanding the Ten Commandments. When we begin to dive in over the next number of weeks into these commandments, I think these are two of the most important things that we have to understand before we really move into them, before we really dive in and, and decide and, and really dive into the Word and, and figure out exactly what each one means. And if we don't do these, we will always have problems with the Ten Commandments. We will always struggle with them. And we will always misunderstand them. In the first, we'll find Deuteronomy 6, chapter 6, we're still there, verse 4 through 9. It says this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home. And when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. The first key, if you don't remember anything else, I want you to remember these two keys. The first key to understanding the Ten Commandments and honoring the Ten Commandments and walking in them is that it has to start with your heart. It has to start with your heart. That's what he says here. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength. The commandments I give you today are to be upon your heart. The psalmist says, when you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, Lord, I will seek. In 119, he, the psalmist says, give me understanding and I shall keep your law indeed. I shall observe it with my whole heart. With my whole heart I have sought after you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. I will praise you with uprightness of heart I, when I learn your righteousness. I have inclined my heart to perform your statutes forever to the very end. I will run in the way of your commandments, for you shall enlarge my heart. See, this has to do with our heart. Honoring the Ten Commandments and walking in the Ten Commandments is not about a, a mind and just a mind and a decision. It has to do with a heart that wants to please God, a heart that wants to be in full relationship with God, a heart that trusts fully that the commands and the decrees that He has given us are for a better life than we can do on our own. 
It's for walking in holiness and walking in his will. But if it doesn't start with your heart and it just becomes about your mind, you will always struggle. You will begin to check off boxes and you will begin to compare yourself to the next person. If it's all about your mind, it very quickly can become, well, I struggled with a few of these today, but I got more than that guy did. And what happens after that when it's about your mind and not your heart? You begin to lose grace for people that struggle with the Ten Commandments, that struggle keeping the decrees of the Lord, that struggle in sin. You lose grace because it becomes a comparison. It becomes something that you're striving for so that you can feel like you're a better person or that you feel like you have justified God's love in your life. But what God is saying and what the psalmist is saying is that it's our heart that has to be softened, our heart that has to long after the things of God and and begin to understand and know and trust Him in these. And so what I want you to do over the next number of weeks, especially before we gather on Sunday morning, begin to ask the Lord to soften your heart to the things that He has, that we would become people that want most of all the things that He has for us, most of all to understand who He is, most of all to walk with Him no matter what. It is that he calls us to. No matter what it is that that the Ten Commandments say, that our heart would be in a place to receive, our heart would be in a place to, to hear from God and to be changed. So the first key in understanding fully the power of the Ten Commandments is it's got to start with your heart. It can never be just about your mind. And the second is this. We'll start in verse 17. We're going to skip a little bit down. We're still in chapter 6, verse 17. It says this, Be sure to keep the commandments of the Lord <coughs> of the Lord your God and the stipulations and the decrees He has given you. Do what is right and good in the Lord's sight so that you may go well, it may go well with you and you may go in and take over the good land that the Lord promised on the oath to your fathers, thrusting out your enemies before you as the Lord said. Right there in the middle, you find the second key to fully walking in the power of the Ten Commandments and what God wants to do in them is obedience. As I get older and as I continue to read the Word and study the Word and and, and teach um, here and teach in confirmation and, and, and youth group, I can't get away from that word, obedience. Man, You'll find it from the very beginning of the Bible to the very end of the Bible. And the more I study and the more I look and the more I read and the more God just works on my heart, the more I understand that obedience might be one of the most powerful tools we have. God has all the tools, and he is the most powerful, but one of the most powerful tools we have in our own life is obedience. In a minute, we're actually going to bring up um, the Uganda team. Not yet. Don't come up yet. Um, but I, I shared with them a couple weeks ago, and I shared with the Israel team something that has been on my heart about obedience. And actually, I was, I was preparing to share it, and then I walked into staff meeting, and Billy opens up to Acts 20, and he begins to share my message to the staff and then the elders. And I was like, whoa. Yeah, I made sure I had changed my password on my iPad. And uh, then I realized... Billy would never figure out password on an iPad. That's a, sorry. Um, but it's in Acts where, where Paul talks about that he never hesitated to proclaim the whole gospel. He never hesitated to tell people what would be good for them, the whole truth. 
And then one of my favorite passages of Scripture is in Philippians chapter 2, um, verse 5. You don't have to flip there. I'll just read it to you. It says, your attitude should be the same as Jesus Christ, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but he made himself nothing, taking on the very nature of a servant. Being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, here it is, he humbled himself and became obedient even to death on the cross. You know, we're, we're called to live lives that, that um, are like Jesus. We're called to know him, love him, serve him, become more like him. And Jesus used obedience all the way up until his death. And his obedience is what put him on the cross. His, his willingness to be obedient to the call of God on his life. And so when I was talking to the Israel team and the Uganda team as they were getting ready to leave, I challenged them with this, that God is calling us to be obedient and there's power in our obedience. And what I told them and what I, what I, I feel impressed to tell you and, and challenge you today is that there's power in your yes. That there is power in your yes. Because when God calls you to do something and you say yes, every single time God meets you. And when God meets you, there's power. Every single time God says, do this, and you step out, and you do that, you say, yes, Lord, I am going to do that. God meets you, and there's power. If we're willing to look at the Ten Commandments, and we take them for what they say, and take them for what they, they mean, and we begin to walk in obedience with that, you will begin to see the power of God in your life. As we begin to walk in love towards God, you'll be see that relationship grow, and you'll, you'll see, and he'll begin to speak to you more as you draw closer to him. And as we walk in obedience in the rest of the commandments towards other people and how we treat other people and love other people, you will see the power of God move not only in your life, you will begin to see the power of God move in their life. See, these aren't just simple rules and regulations. These aren't just safeties. These are things that, that is meant to let the Holy Spirit move in our life if we're willing to be obedient to him. If the Uganda team can come up, and Kelly, can you come up and play the piano? Are you still in? Okay. If the Uganda team can come up, we're going to pray for them in just a second. But this is what I, I, I want to challenge us for, the two this morning. One is let God begin to work on your heart, that he would begin to mold and he would begin to shape your heart and soften your heart towards what he has. And two, that we'd be willing to be obedient. And this is how I challenged, and, and can I have the elders kind of come up as well? It would be great. And this is how I challenged the teams. And this is what I've been writing down in my journal over the last number of weeks since I began speaking. I write it every, every day that I journal. It says, it says this, that we would be people that say yes to every single thing God asks us, no matter the circumstance. That's my challenge. As we begin to walk through these Ten Commandments and we begin to study these Ten Commandments and that we begin to walk in this is that as a people, we would be people that say yes to every single thing God asks, no matter the circumstance. I ask them is to say yes when they're tired, to say yes when they're frustrated, to say yes when they are afraid, to say yes when they think they can't do what's being asked of them and they don't have the skill or the talent, but to trust in the Lord to say yes. Can you imagine what our church would look like if we all said yes to every single thing God said to us? Can you imagine what our city would look like if we all said yes to every single thing God asked of us? And in the Ten Commandments, God is going to ask a lot of us. And are we willing 
to say yes? Are we willing to let God change our hearts and desire these decrees in our life to be obedient to them? What I'm calling for and what I'm challenging for is bold obedience without hesitation. This team has already begun to do that by saying yes, that they're willing to go. The Israel team said, yes, I'm willing to go. We have a team that's going to be going to Cambodia. They have said, yes, I'm willing to go. And I fully expect that God is going to meet them and God is going to change lives. If you guys will stand and if you guys will extend your hand, we are going to bind our hearts together with this team as they walk in obedience, as they carry out the decrees that God has called them to, we are going to stand with them. We are going to cover them, and we are going with them. Lord, I thank you for each individual that is here and each individual that is out here that is going on this trip. Lord, I pray that you would fill them with boldness, Lord, that you would fill them with courage, Lord, that they would begin to walk in obedience from the moment they step out into that country, Lord, that they would do every single thing you ask of them, Lord, and that they would see you move in might and in power, Lord, that they would see you move in people's lives and they would see you heal people, they'd see you deliver people, they would see you bring people into loving relationship with you. Lord, I pray that you would encourage them every day, that you would build them up in their faith. Lord, we pray travel mercies over them. Lord, that as they go out, they will walk in power. Lord, I pray against any sickness that might keep them from doing the things you've called them to do. Lord, I pray that they would walk in grace towards one another as they spend the time on the ground doing your work, Lord. Lord, we thank you that we have people in our body that are willing to say yes to those things, Lord. Willing to go to another country to minister, Lord. I thank you for the opportunity to stand with them as a church, to send them out and to, to encourage them and, and to pray for them. Lord, we expect mighty things, and we look forward, Lord, to the work that you do. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.